0: Thanks for joining us on Runners Radio. We are brought to you by Runners.com. Runners Red Zone, we make you a better runner. And Runners Marathon Movement, we guarantee you marathon success. Enjoy the show.
1: Previously on The Deep Dive with Brady Charlton. We didn't start out to, to make money or to get a huge audience. We just And we always tell ourselves that, that we do this podcast the way we want to do it. And if you want to listen to it, good. But we... Um, yeah we we just I don't know, we just get on really we talk shit about running every week and it's cool that people get entertainment out of it
0: it's uh, one of the great and the, the fact that they push these athletes to the forefront and um, in, in giving them. Giving them a platform because, um, unfortunately, if we're alive in the 50s, 60s and 70s in Australia, you got Herb Elliott, Ron Clark, John Landy, all these guys on the front and back pages of the Herald Sun and the, and the age. It yeah. doesn't, ha- doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen anymore, unfortunately. So, And, of course, all the um, track and field in the 80s, even the Jane Flemings and, and these kind of girls, they were everywhere.
1: It wasn't just that though, Rick. Like I get that, and I've had that chip on my shoulder in the past about, you know, why aren't the Herald Sun doing articles or The Age or or Channel 7 broadcast and Melbourne Marathon Live and stuff like that. Like my biggest disappointment, I guess, was why aren't the federations like promoting our sport better? Like mm. how come Athletics Australia didn't start a podcast and every week they interview a different athlete for an hour? So if I'm the guy running around a Tuca for an hour every week, like... I wanted to listen to that stuff, like or why I know Athletes Victoria have recently started one, but we're talking like you know, two and a half, three years after telling me your tales. Like, I think we don't do a really good job of athletics in Australia of promoting these people that, in my eyes, are superstars. I know they do a sport that's not commercially um, massive compared to AFL and and cricket and things like that, but they're our products and we should be doing everything we can to make them um, into superstars and and podcasts are a popular uh, media source now, and um, yeah, we were kind of we just did it because no one was. And I and I still say it's not our responsibility to make Sinead into a superstar, but um, we tried to do our little part and, and make that happen.
0: Yeah, and you do a great job. And the fact that look, the, the, take the listeners through the way it starts out, you go through your weeks Monday to Sunday on Strava, which is always very educational and has a bit of humor about it as well. And then you roll into your special guest, which is Sinead Diver, or, or one of the many superstars in Australian athletics or around Australian athletics. Is, is there any, is there anything I've missed there?
1: No, it's pretty much. Moose has a segment called Moose on the Loose where he oh, just favorite, uh, favorite. they just lips something off most <laughs> weeks, or he gets he's been getting deep actually the last couple of weeks, and, and it's yeah, yeah, it was it's funny when we like started planning it. I remember us having the conversation like. Should we go through our weeks? Does anyone care? Like, let's maybe (laughs) cut that now. And then we thought everyone just would skip an hour in just straight to the interview. Whereas I think we've now built that, audience and that listenership because yeah. um they hear actually throughout weeks every week what happens in our lives they know our wife's names and our baby's names and where we work and um there's so many like callback jokes that come up in our kind of weekly recaps and i think that's actually where most of the gold is in training talk like we'll t- we'll get into each other about jogging too fast on easy days so then all of a sudden the listeners should be listening to that going yeah i've got to dial back my easy days as well or we talk about what a threshold feels like or what a VO2 max session feels like or or what it feels like kicking down a long run like. And or we talk about, you know, practice and nutrition and things like that. And I think if you've listened to a big chunk of our episodes, I think you're going to be a better runner because of the stuff we we recap in our training weeks. And it's all real. Like we're not pro athletes who run at 9.30 and, um, you know, get a massage and have a nap. Like, we're getting yeah. out there really trying to fit this in and we're missing days because our babies are sick and, like, it's yeah, – sometimes it's crazy. And we have – we we let, we're honest, so we let the listeners know when we have shit runs and stuff like that, and it makes them understand that it's okay to have shit runs now and then and, yeah, mix things up. I'm rambling Mate. now. Rick, you've got you to gotta pull me up.
0: No, no, you can ramble as much as you want, great, man, because I do love – you got uh, most park runners need to know this stuff, but most park runners look at a two nineteen guy uh, like yourself, mate, and think, "Well, he must just be a superhuman. He must just be a pro." And they get on. They hear your laid back nature. They is it young Huddy? Yep, young yeah, yeah, Hudson. Yep. Congratulations on that too, bro. Thank you. So, yep. Um, young Huddy. So I, I forgot your wife's name, mate. Carly. So Carly and Huddy. They hear about that. They hear about Huddy been up all night. You having to go into school and work and trying to fit your double in, which is just not not going to happen today that's what happens to all of us every day so to hear that brady's going through this and and croaks is crook and doing this stuff and and moose has got one of his five houses and had to travel around to one of his five uh residents and and working they in Ballarat the, 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 to Anglesey. it's great it's it's just normal it's just normal people having a chat um and really educational which i love and and just great banter. So you've done super, mate. You should be really proud of that. Yeah,
1: thanks, mate. And it's really good to read like the reviews that come in at iTunes and people that slide into our DMs. And um, because really, like we do a very basic show. Like as I said, it's it's three guys. We get on Skype seven thirty every Monday night. We record it for an hour. We upload it. We add an interview on the end. It's um, it's not a lot of you know sophisticated thinking but it obviously resonates with a lot of people in a lot of ways which we're really grateful to have that kind of a
0: community we've kind of built just a question i just made up then um tell me is, is there anyone uh, you're a big student of sport in the history is there anyone uh from overseas or, or or local that you've interviewed that you just you couldn't believe you were you were interviewing
1: yeah i interviewed um bernard legat oh, yeah at the gold coast live as well so um so we did a collab with Morton, and he was there to run the, run the Gold Coast Marathon. Um, and yeah, they pretty much contacted us saying, "Hey, Bernard's going to be here as a Morton athlete. We want the Inside Running Podcast to be involved in a way." And so, so having a live crowds, something different as well. Like I'm sitting here in my hoodie, got a microphone plugged in in my kind of our uh, study talking to you, and and we're creating similar kind of content that. Um, you know what happened that day. It was only it was probably about sixty or seventy people there for the for the interview. But you've got a microphone, he's got a microphone, and you know you've got a a you've got to entertain the audience, and b it was getting recorded, so it was going to be on a podcast, and you want to make it real as well. And like a guy like that, actually, those ones are they're fun because they're because the people you're interviewing are so good they want to make you feel comfortable. So they're giving you long answers. They're having a laugh with the audience. Um, they're bouncing off your energy as well. So you get nervous before those ones. But then when you start them, you're just like, oh, Bernard is like a stand up comedian. Like it's it's making my job very easy here. Um, so that was pretty cool to do that one. And I, I often just like some of the ones, my favorite ones are ones that Aren't with the big names like they're just with the kind of the sub elite boys who just grind away in the background and and they might be running 28 30 instead of 27 30 but they're they're real and sometimes they' got more to talk about because they've had more life experiences so um, yeah it's it's fun like and as a fan of the sport and someone who loves the history of the sport um, now with a podcast like I've got a platform to hit these people up and say can I talk to you for an hour? Whereas if, if I did that without the podcast, I might have looked like a bit of a creep.
0: <laughs> oh, that is so good. Well, I'll, I'll take you, you, the segue onto that is give me your three or four favourite runners of all time, uh, athletes of all time, over at whatever distance, uh, I know it's off the cuff, but just have a think about that.
1: Craig Mottram, number one, mate. Growing up in, uh, you know, the early 2000s, getting into running through to kind of like 2005s there. That's, um, yeah, by far my number one, Uh, runner that I was just loved watching how he just threw it down to people and he made running super cool like as a kid like everyone wanted just to be Craig Mottram who was involved in the sport and we were just talking off air before and I was saying how like your interview with him the three-part interview it was just it was fantastic like it was one of my favorite bits of running media. I wish you told me you were doing that because I would have bought it off you. I reckon I would have just said, hey, Rick, we'll give you money for that. We'll put it on Inside Running because it was one of those interviews that I don't think we could do a better job at. Like he was obviously so relaxed with you. We've tried to get him on the show a couple of times and and dates hadn't lined up. I know the last time we tried to get him, he just had another kid, I think, that was maybe two weeks old and he just kind of said, come back to me in a couple of months and Um, I don't think we need to do that now. And I think every listener, like I just direct our listeners to that interview all the time. So Craig Mottram for me, I was there the night, the Com Games uh, 5K, never heard a noise that loud when he went to the front. And just the, like we talk about this Aussie grit and determination and this Aussie battler kind of thing. Like the way he raced that night, you were just really proud to be an Australian. Even though he didn't get the win, he just couldn't have done anything more, I don't think. So Craig Mottram off the top, um, I guess like the Deke and Monners, like I was probably a bit young where I missed them absolutely dominate. Like I, um, I was probably more of the Troopy kind of era for, for people to look up to over the marathon. But when you look more into those guys, like, you know, Deke, Moner Troopy, Troopy's pretty loose these days though, isn't he? Like I listened to his, uh. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't uh he does not beat around the bush troopy like i listened to his two-part interview as well and and moose actually interviewed him when he was over in boulder last year and i think i think troopy is now the guy that you know we look at in a way and i think like this is getting political but there was probably an era in athletics in australia where you couldn't call stuff out because all of a sudden you might not be getting picked on teams and stuff Whereas I think Truby's got to that stage now where his running days are behind him and he can be brutally honest and, and call things how they want to be called. And, um you know, he doesn't mind, you know, chucking a few people, um you know, getting him in trouble and calling things out, which I think is really good. And I appreciate his honesty and things like that as well. So he was good. And uh, probably a local guy, you won't know him, Lee Pertill. He was the the Bendigo, you know, the Bendigo twenty nine fifty five guy and the the two twenty four guy and he'd run maybe eight twenty five and we come from a town where running wasn't wasn't popular. Like they always used to say Ballarat had the runners and Bendigo had the cyclists. But for us, just because he was the best that we'd had, he was still a role model in a way. And um yeah, I remember him I just had a couple of races with him at the end of his career, just when he was starting and he was just ruthless as well. Like I was only 16, and he'd just try to bury me in the first K every time I raced him and he was probably 40. But, um, you know, you learn a lot from those guys as well. So, yeah, favourite people for different reasons.
0: I love it and I really appreciate those very kind words. Uh, you guys are welcome to take the Buster to watch for free. Yeah. i love to get on that platform. Hey, he's a great man, Buster. He's 40th birthday yesterday. Uh, was,
1: still the yeah. 10 record holder as well.
0: And couldn't, last week they couldn't get there, could they? So 10 I late for Buster. Uh, what did Stuart run last week?
1: 10-12? 10-12, yeah. Yep.
0: Uh, Melbourne Track Club just had a, a legit uh, club race down there and went anywhere from 10-12. I think it was 10-16. Or...
1: Yeah, 10-12. Jack was 10-16. Six, you had um, Sam McEntee, Dave McNeil, Brett Robinson, Jordan Williams in between that and kind of like 10-25, kind of thing, which is phenomenal. Like, those boys are fit and it's going to be, yeah, it's a really interesting time. Like, what's... I know Nick Bedoya was quoted in the in the paper saying, like, we're putting these things on because it feels like the federations are sitting on their hands and giving us mm-hmm. no opportunities. So I really hope that they're having innovative conversations and, like, we've got the best cream of the crop in Australia home at the moment because they can't go overseas. Like, what can we do to, to entertain athletics fans with these guys who are willing to race and do time trials and, and all those kind of things? Because I'd be really disappointed if it just – you know, here's Athletics Victoria. They say we're going back, and there's going to be a, you know, a, th- a three race athletics winter season, and we're going to go sand down Jales Park and Bundurundu the same as we've always done. Because I think this is a great opportunity to be innovative.
0: If you can't pivot and evolve for the better in this period, then unfortunately you're never going to. So I really hope you're right there. Tell me about your pet distance. I think it's obvious this is a marathon, but am I wrong? There is there a pet that Brady really wants to get? continue to chip at
1: yeah the marathons are one i've got to improve at because when you look at my five and my ten that's the and even the half marathon like don't run many of those but i'm probably a 65 30 guy if i get that get the get a good half and a good field and my 219s kind of the odd one out that i need to chip that one down but in yeah in regards to like pet distances i don't I'm probably, yeah, maybe my five's not too bad. Like, I can close, like, I'm okay at a sub-elite level where I can pull out a a 61, 62 if I have to and get rid of most of the sub-elite guys, which is never going to be, you know, 55, 52 or whatever you need to do to be absolutely winning these races. But I've kind of got that okay combination of speed and endurance where I can I can run a half decent five and ten so um, they're probably my pet distances and marathons are the big thing I'm working on over the next couple of years just to try and get get one that's a bit quicker that's something I can be content with
0: as we talk about that I wasn't going to get here straight away but the future lot you'd be wanting to break 14 in the 5,000 is that is that a big goal the, having a 13 in front of it
1: not really, because I, um, so my P V for like six years was like 14.19, and it, that was one I was really content with, and I thought, you know, that's probably, that's probably me set now, like I don't need to go much quicker, and, and then when I ran 14.09, I thought, oh, that's cool, like that's, I'm even more content with that, but mm. yeah, then you get start having those you know thoughts in your head about yeah thirteen fifty nine would sound a whole you know you start saying you're a thirteen minute guy there don't you so um yeah and it it has and it's something I'll keep training towards but it's not something that if I don't get I'll be too disappointed whereas the marathon if I finish up and you know two nineteen fifty three is my time there'll be a bit of you know in relative terms I'm not going to let it ruin the whole rest of my life but there'll be a bit of me that is a bit disappointed that I couldn't get that a bit quicker.
0: I think there'd be many of us that are betting on you to make that a long, long, uh, a big uh, gap in that best time, brother. I think 290 is... Thanks, warm-up. mate.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> good to have warm-up. have some people in your corner. But I yeah, you've got to get it right. The marathon's mm-hmm. different. Like, it's... A lot can go wrong. And that's a credit to guys like Moose and, and Nick Earl and, you know, your Tom DeCanos and people mm-hmm. that have gone from 220, 222, 224, and now they're down to 214 and making teams. Like... A you've gotta be like you've gotta be mentally a beast. Like you've gotta be able to control your mind for two hours and, and fifteen minutes to, to not get weak. You've got to be strong, you gotta have your thoughts right, you gotta have your legs and your body's gotta be able to handle the pounding of running fast at 42K. And you've got to get your nutrition right. You've got to make sure you're giving your body enough fuel so you can actually maintain it. And then you're not even thinking about things like, you know, you need to get a bit of luck and, and get into a race where there's a good pack going at your pace and you need the perfect weather and you need to be on a good road and a good a good course with no hills. And that's the that's the magic about the marathon, isn't it? That there's so many things that have to align Whereas a track 5K, if something goes wrong, you just well if something goes wrong, you usually only got two or three minutes to go and you just hang on. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, and you can just do another one the next Saturday. You can probably do you know 15 good 5Ks a year if they um if they put them on. But yeah, getting the right marathon, you know what it's like. You kind of do a 15-20 week build up, and then something can go wrong on the day, and it's all it's not all gone because you use it for the next prep. But yeah, you miss out on kind of cashing in those chips
0: it is the beautiful distance and like the, the, the mile and the marathon there's something so special about both of those and the marathon is is just a beautiful thing and to get them right on the day is one of the more satisfying things in life so i've got no doubt you're a you're a I'm, i'd only be guessing but you'd be after that low 214 type thing and, and then some probably you got another 10 15 years at the top as well how old are you mate
1: i'm 32 so actually yeah i've got a few years behind me now and um yeah, it's, it's like we did this track 10K a couple of weeks in Bendigo, and there was an 18 year old there, and a 20 and a 23 year old. And I'm thinking, shit, I've got 10 years on some of you boys, and I'm married, I've got a ring on my finger, and I've got a kid, and I've got a mortgage, and you pricks don't have any of this stuff you, you, you're throwing into your life. Yeah. And you feel like a bit of a grandpa getting around there.
0: No, no, on the track, maybe, but on the roads, um, and as Hudson, you'll be running your best times when Hudson's in grade two, grade three. I've got no doubt about that at all. and and you might have three kids in primary school by the time you run your oh, classes every marathon. Yeah. One's time enough at the moment, time. mate. Tell me about uh, this young kid, just very quickly. It's not about you, but you've got a couple of kids you're mentoring up there, aren't you, in Mama?
1: Yeah, Archie reads the one that um, that everyone's talking about at the moment. So, pretty much with COVID, he was prepping for his under 25K championships. I think he came fourth the year before and was kind of buying off a medal. And yeah, he was in a similar boat because. His race got cancelled and my Rotterdam got cancelled and he has he, we had a local coach up here and we'd done maybe five or ten kind of workouts together over the last five or ten years, but his coach had a bit of a different philosophy to, to what my philosophy is and, and what Moose's philosophy is that he writes my program with. And uh, we just got talking one day and he was down in the dumps, I was down in the dumps and I just said, hey, you know, here's my program, I train Tuesday, Fridays and I do a long run on a, on a Saturday just come like if you're there i'll know that you know someone to go train with and if i'm there you know there's someone to go train with and you can do half it or you can do all of it or i'll tell you kind of you know the tips about how you should feel in some of these workouts and stuff and that was 12 weeks ago and we've been trained together pretty well and he's kind of jumped into this system and um he went from pretty much a 14 45 5k pb he had and um a couple of weeks ago, around 29.38 on the track for 10K. So, wow. um, yeah, a different system for, of training has really has really worked for him and it's been good for me to have a training partner and good for him. And um, usually with my coaching, I, I stay away from juniors. I, I don't tend to, you know, I get a lot of emails about my son's 13 and loves running and runs six times a week and we think he's going to be good and I kind of just say you know specialise in everything and then give me a ring when he's 18 kind of thing like i don't i don't like that you know especially when people make vic teams and they're walking around school in all their victorian gear and they're they're up and about because they came i don't know 15th or something and i just have my own experience of that and i know that very rarely like i think some of them like you look at the gregsons and the brett robertsons like the very best of them turn into our australian elite open runners but 95% 95% of them don't, and they're done by the time they're 18. So I try to discourage all that, but Archie's kind of come to me as a well, – he actually turned 19 today. Actually, I gave him Deke's book for um for his birthday, his uh, biography. I kind of said to what him – he's great Yeah, he's got his – uh. he said to me the other day, he goes, oh, Deke's got the under-2010K record, and I think it's like 28.55 20, or 29 dead or something like that, and I was thinking – Shit, you're only thirty five seconds off that, or forty seconds off that, and I'm not. I don't encourage people to break junior records because usually I say, you know, let's let's go for the senior ones and let's be running good when you're twenty five, not when you're nineteen. But. I said, well, if you want to break Deke's record, here's his book. Maybe you can learn something about it. Here's, here's your birthday present before we did our workout together this morning and, and flicked oh. him that. And I'm sure there's a lot of learnings in there about actually being patient and things like that as well. So it's been good to to pass on the skills, and I think role models are, are super important and really grateful to people that helped me when I was at that age. And this is just a small part I can play to uh, pay it forward in a way.
0: Uh, so good, and happy birthday, Arch. Uh, obviously, not listening in, in lifetime, but hey, Archie Reed, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Remember, remember that name, listeners. But it's funny you say that, mate, because I took my young bloke for a jog just today, and like footy and soccer and all that stuff's coming back. And I had the exact same conversation with him about the exact same stuff about not specialising in, in anything, but especially endurance sport until you're at least sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. At the very, at the very least, and and um, yeah, no, no good can come from 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 that and I tell you like you like you said I reckon two two percent or under from that state and national carnivals go on so that's not a real big I don't want to be on those on those odds that's for sure um, and you want them enjoying the running rest of their life which is a big thing I loved moose's top six philosophy enjoyment has to be number one yeah um, and I've said if they're not enjoying it then if, if you're a parent listen to this and, and they're not enjoying it or they, you think they're not enjoying it then try to tinker with things a little bit tell me about your favorite workout braids?
1: Ah, yeah. Good question. Um, I guess because workouts are, are different, like I'd say my favorite fartlek is actually um, oh, Moose. Bloody, I feel like I'm pumping him up too much here, Rick, but he's got this fartlek session where it's it's three minutes at kind of steady, kind of like just probably a bit slower than 10k race effort. And then you do a minute jog and then you punch a minute pretty hard at like probably 5K, 3K effort, and then you have a minute jog and you do that five times. So it's 30 minutes in total. And I I like punching the minute hard because it's only a minute. Like you get tired and you look down at your watch and you're up to, you know, 48 seconds and you just got to hang on. And I then like getting back to the steady stuff because it feels like you're almost running pretty comfortably, but you're really running like three minute K pace. Um, So I like that one, working through the different gears as a fartlek. I like the longer... Um, longer reps as well, like things like 3K, maybe 3x3K reps with um, 500 meters jog or float between it, kind of like half marathon effort, because you always feel like, it's funny, I was just talking, thinking about this this morning, that threshold work when you're, you're running a pace which you're going to hold for an hour, but you've only got to hold it for maybe 2 or 3 or 4K, but you just, it's it's a weird feeling when you're on that line. Do you know what I mean? Like you've done a stack of running, like it's, um, yeah.
0: Velocity, critical velocity type pace, and yeah. that
1: yeah, yeah, I love it. I remember I, I read Bob Larson's book a couple of uh, months ago, and he talks about this like this zone before it was probably even called like threshold zone, but where yeah. you, you, you're there, but you're not stepping over it. And it's just like, I, I, I've got to appreciate it more because I'm going to be. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm going to be old soon and look back on this and go like this morning, for example, we did um, two 12-minute efforts at threshold. So we're kind of running at 3.06, 3.05 pace. So you're covering the ground quickly, but at the same time you're fully in control and you feel smooth and it's just... I enjoy those workouts because, you know, if you had to, if someone said, hey, here's a million bucks, go punch a, a 250K to finish off here, you could do it. But at the same time, you're, just, you're in that flow state almost. And it's like you've got running by the neck and you're in control. It's not, yeah, I don't know. I hope I did a good job of explaining that. So, uh, and uh,
0: it's just, well, from a physiological level, it's great to, to push back and buffer and push back threshold. But you're right. It's just that neuromuscular thing of just being able to feel that pace and feel confident and good. And just continue to work on it and work on it. And you don't have to throw it in every week, but it's great to throw in a couple of times a month. It's it's brilliant. And there's a few coaches around the world that do it really well. Tom Swartz does that one really yeah. well as well. Yeah. But there's, there's a few that are just brilliant. And I've loved that kind of stuff for years as well because I think a cup's a bad rap as like a grey zone type rubbish but I, I, I disagree I love it I throw it in regularly
1: yeah yeah no, it's such a good and I think it's safe as well like you know you start jumping into VO2 or you start jumping into kind of like track work kind of thing all of a sudden you've got that nagging Achilles or you've got that risk of pulling a calf especially for like an older athlete like I know as a coach I would much rather give someone um, threshold and tempo work and a lot of it to make them tough as a tough as a bull instead of like risking it with some quick two hundreds or four hundreds. Um, yeah, because you know in a way a lot of the guys I coach as well they don't need to drop down to to three k race pace because they're working on their marathons or their half or their or their ten k. So strength is our number one component that we want to improve with them. Perfect. Anything else, mate? Hills. Yeah, well, in Echuca, Moama, we don't have any hills. Like, literally, there's um, there's no hills in the whole town, and we've got to drive, like, 25 minutes out to the Barma Pine Forest, and we have one hill there, and it goes for about 45 seconds. So Moose will give me, like, one-minute hill reps, and I have to, like, just sprint an extra 15 seconds off the top of it. Because the hill ends too soon, so and I'm not I'm not great at them because I rarely run on them, so definitely not hills. And I do I do still enjoy getting on the track though. Like something about when you get on the track and it's got that smell of that kind of um that surface, and you know you start punching some quick reps, and you just feel like you you feel like these guys you watch on YouTube. You know you look nothing like them, but you you try to tell yourself you do. But um, there's something about you know taking a bend quick and kind of just working the straights and things like that as well.
0: The track is a magical place so i do agree tell me tell me about the uh, the industrial park yeah the
1: moama industrial park this, estate there's this
0: has to be the more famous industrial park in the nation I'd, I'd just... yeah
1: yeah so this is a place like it's uh pretty much like a, a two and a half k blocky so um you know we've got got right angle corners and it was a place where i was looking for a location to do like long marathon sessions where you're not going to get hit by a car um it's quiet you're on a good road surface and you can kind of control the splits because you know you know uh where they are and um yeah i I started going out to the moama industrial estate in the road to berlin days i think i go out there and i like don't tell the local council but i like spray painted gutters and stuff so i know where all the k markers are out there And I used to go out there and just absolutely murder workouts. Like I'd put them on Strava and people be like, man, you're fit as. And I'd tell the boys on the podcast, like, this is like you, you're flying kind of thing. And then this was before everyone realized that (laughs) GPS data, um, is a bit sketchy when you're taking right angle kind of turns. So, um, yeah the boys give me shit all the time when I have a good workout because I think I've done it out there. I've done less and less work out there, but um, yeah, I've punched some great workouts <laughs> on paper out there. I'm not sure how accurate they are and and it's like this is like total country kind of spot There's like factories with pit bulls in the in the yard that come up and bark at the fence, and in summer you'll get snakes like you'll just be um. You know, you'd be running out there and the snake would have got run over by a truck or something. So there'd just be a dead snake in the middle of the road. And, like, even it's pretty disgusting, actually. Like, the the truckies, like, you'll see buddy needles on the side of the road and the gutters and stuff like that, that have chucked them out on, on their kind of... Um, on their truck runs and stuff like that. So it's fucking, yeah, you've got to be pretty tough to be running out there. The boys think it's this, you know, well-manicured road that's super fast, and it is, but there's also other challenges. And it's because there's just, like, a, like the straights out there are probably about, I don't know, 800 metres. So if it's ever windy, like, you run into headwinds or you've got good tailwinds, like, it's it can be a prick of a place to train as well. No,
0: nah, you're not pounding a picture of uh, Colorado oh. or Oregon. I'll, I'll tell you. This, this is this, real this, blue uh, collar, mate. Yeah, 're blue collar, but we know we know your blue car I do love the toughness chats between the three of you who's who 's got a tougher training environment that 's magnificent oh,
1: i 'm by far the busiest guy like these like I heard moose talking the other week about how he reckons he 's the busiest guy like this is a guy i 've never seen him upload anything on strava before about eight a m maybe seven thirty like i 'm starting work <laughs> at eight a m most days i 'm out there in the dark and I've only got one house, not two houses. Like, you know, he's, he's got the best shoes, the best watches, the massage guns. He's got no kids. His wife does every single thing for him. You know, he's never cooked a meal. Never cooked her oh, a meal no, once.
0: It would, it would not surprise. It would I not can, surprise. Yeah. And now, living down the beautiful coastal Anglesey, yeah. which is just a bit of uh the, bright, the Brighton of the Surf Coast.
1: Oh, I can't believe when he dropped that the other day. I'm like, what? You've got two houses, just how's that? Paying houses on t- paying rent on two different houses and just just sure. oh. I can't think of another Australian distance runner who has it as good as Moose.
0: I don't think we, we did uh he did make an exception, so he doesn't only work Thursdays. Or well, me and a few other blokes in the in the game went down and visited him on a couple of Thursdays ago. Obviously got a lot of gear, so he was good to he was good to us and um, we called in and said day, And he did make an exception. He came into the shop, did a few interviews and just a couple of two-minute stuff for socials. But he did very well. But after this interview, like, he came into this interview, me and you, as just Julian Spence. But the way you've talked him up, he's going to be, like, the next Bill Bowman type setup, like... You've just talked up some of his workouts. Um, I reckon we we'll spent 20 minutes talking about him. But tell, tell us about Brad Croker a little bit because I think the listeners want to know a bit about Brad as well.
1: Yeah, I'll go to Crokes, but I just do want to finish off with Moose there because he is uh, – we do give each other a bit of shit and stuff. But I do have a lot of respect for his um, his coaching and I think – I think he's the next guy. Like when you look at coaches in Australia, like obviously Nick badeau has got his stable and been super successful with that managing role and the coaching role and, and kind of getting the cream of the crop. Like I think, um, and you look at uh, Dick Telford out of Canberra as well, I think I'd put Julian up there with those two guys and probably the other name that gets thrown around as well is Adam Diddick. But I think yeah. um, I think Moose, you know, if you give him the same talent as Diddick's got and Nick's got and Telford's got, um, I think he could do some amazing things with that kind of talent, and I think well, look what he's done with Ali. Like, like I, I get on my high horse all the time saying I'm the fastest guy he coaches. Like I'm the I'm the I'm the king of his kind of coaching stable at the moment. I've got all the PBs, but yeah, I think big dog. yeah, I'm the big dog. If he, you gave him a Jack Rayner or a or a Brett Robinson or a Gregson or a Collis or um you know those guys that are over in south australia and up in canberra as well i think you know athletics australia need to start thinking about how do they how do they invest in this next crop of coaches and i definitely think he's going to be um you know one of those guys because he's well read and he's got some great philosophies on it as well so yeah good coach and and brad brad's a you you touched on it before like we're all different personalities and I think that's why the show works and brad's um Brad's probably, I have, even though Moose writes my program, Brad and I are probably more similar than Moose and I. Like we have a bit more of a, a kind of, I guess, friendship kind of connection a bit. Like we've we've gone away for a couple of races together in the past and got on the beers and because we have both got kids and we're both school teachers, we've got a bit more in common and, and probably talk about, like Moose hates it when we talk off air about kids and school and he's just like, fucking start the show already. Like, like I don't care about this stuff. Whereas Brad and I... Um, we get along quite well and, and similar kind of upbringings as well and I um is a guy I really respect because he just doesn't give a shit like he does what he wants to do and he he doesn't want to go to work and work full-time and never get to see his kids so he kind of works as much as he needs to and then he gets to see his kid all the time he does you know kind of a little stress where he has to um you know do a job he doesn't enjoy and people get into him about running too fast on his easy days, but he likes to do it and he, he feels good when he does it. So so hats off to him and he doesn't let people in the Strava comments or on social media affect him. He's just like, this is just what I do. And he similar to me kind of probably keeps a bit of a low profile and um, yeah, like a, a, a close friend now that you wouldn't have thought when you, I remember meeting him up at the Gold Coast, we ran the half marathon together and then cooled down around the swimming pool there. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, it's it's someone you really kind of about cherish their cherish their friendship in a way. So yeah, he's an interesting cat and a and a wealth of knowledge as well. Like he, um, you know, he could be a successful coach as, as well. Just how I'm talking about and Moose and and knows a lot about the sport in a way. And and people often say to me like, why did you choose Brad and Moose to do do the podcast with? And I think I just fluked it. Like we we've, we've, we've got I picked the right two guys because we've got good chemistry and. Um, and they're different for different reasons. But, yeah, really good fellas.
0: No, really well said on both. And, and both, both – exactly what you said comes through, and it's a beautiful, the relationship you got with both of them. But, yeah, that croaks – is stuff that I wouldn't know and the listeners wouldn't know either, so, or like to listen to this show. So really, really well said. All intelligent men and all running nerds, which we all love. We yeah. love running nerds on this show, mate. Um, magnificent work. Tell us about your – I guess this is a hard one because we just said how you, we believe how much you've got left in your career. But what's the – your greatest achievement to date or something you're most proud of in the running world. Obviously you got your your beautiful wife and, and Hudson, but and the show and other stuff, but purely from a performance and athletics point of view.
1: Um, I would say the ten K pack like the twenty nine thirty-four, just because I I I ran thirty oh six in my first pack, and it was I remember driving home that day going thirty oh six good, I got more in the tank like I'm gonna be a twenty nine minute guy pretty much the next time I run a ten K and and um, I remember going to Launceston 10k and then running like 30.05 and I was like oh I'm nearly there but I'll just get it next time and I went back to Zadapak the year after and ran maybe like 30.17 and then I went to Sydney 10 and ran 30.11 and I went and ran the Steigen 10k a couple of times and would run 30.15 and 30.09 I think one year and and it just turned into this big thing about oh maybe I'm never going to be a, a 29 minute guy and then I had a couple of really poor years I had had some low iron and um and even in 2019 around the Gold Coast 10 in like 30 45 and then the Albert 10k in like 30 48 and and to be honest with you Rick I thought my time was was nearly done and then um made those changes with moose I got my iron sorted end up getting an infusion and getting that up to a up to a, a marker which was which was healthy and then Rocked up to zatapec and kind of turned my running the direction I was going around a bit and and ran twenty nine thirty four and I just remember being so happy because it was something that I really worked on for five or six years and I was proud of and i was I was happy with how resilient i 'd been and and chipped away at it for a number of years and it probably proves that. You know, things don't go right at times and you just got to keep showing up and, and working on that. So the the, the 10K and that Zatapak, because Stewie broke this train record that day, like it was a special race to be a part of for that reason as well. Um, and and because we had the podcast, like we had the listeners standing every kind of like 15, 20 metres and they're on the track. And, and because you're running 25 laps, you get to run past them every lap and they're cheering mm-hmm. for you. And like, yeah, they're probably... 99% of the, their effort is to all their viewing is to see Stewie break the Australian record but it felt like there was people on that journey in a way with me as well and and they knew that was important to me and um, whereas if I broke 30 in that very first Zadapak there would have been you know my girlfriend and my parents maybe sitting in the stands and it would have been important for four of us whereas I felt like it I've shared all this stuff on the podcast now that gives other people hope that I've um, well that they can just keep chipping away and, and achieve their goals in a way
0: that's a great answer, mate. And like you can take a lot out of that listeners because like it sounds like when I read Brady's Times out, all these wins at uh, Melbourne run Melbourne and Vic Marathon champs and top forty at Berlin and top fifteen, he's where was that in Nobioka? Anybody Yeah, Nobioka, yeah,
1: you got it right so, in Japan.
0: So all all these amazing achievements and he's still got so much to go. But it's the it's the stuff you don't see, and that's what we often say. And, and like, people like Deke did it really well. No one sees the hard work. No one sees the downtimes. But the podcast has, has opened people up to that kind of stuff. So your last what ten months, maybe eight to ten months, have been have been somewhat brilliant because of of the work and the other stuff you've put in, and those downtimes, uh, people know about them because you,
1: you were sharing them every week yeah and i think in this social media world as well like we only see the good times and i think that's that's something that the podcast does well that we like you know sometimes we're tired and we don't want to do the podcast but we show up every week which is pretty similar to you know how you got to be consistent with distance running and training and all those things and sometimes you don't have good ones sometimes we don't have good shows and we get off air and we just go that wasn't that good but it was better than um better than not having a show kind of thing and um i think it's important that and i'm you know you probably look through my instagram it's just a whole lot of pictures of me me running well and i i in the past maybe haven't shared on social media the bad times because there's yeah i went through a couple of rough years there where i wasn't sure what i was going to do in my career and um you know struggled with that low iron and was kind of low on confidence and um yeah i think it's important that we talk about these things because it's not all sunshine and rainbows
0: no, nah, just continue to show up, and unfortunately, I can continue to show up in anything in life, and anything you do. But unfortunately, our social network has, has sent it too far skewed the other way, which I do agree with. But that's probably we'll go off on twenty minutes on that combo hmm. It's 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 going to be um, we're, we're, people like you are changing the game, and that's what we we love as purists of any sport is to be able to change the game. We'll we'll go a few quick fires. We'll go a few quick fires, and then we'll just tell us about the future, and we'll um we'll go from there. Tell us about the three three blokes or, or ladies or people that you'd take on on a uh, running uh, footy trip
1: running footy trip oh, footy. um yeah yeah okay so we've got this like little side project on our um on our patreon for like patreon supporters it's called like the road to nowhere and uh nick earl ali pashley and joel tobin white are on that podcast and they're the same thing they've kind of got this chemistry where they really gel and they just giggle the whole way through it and talk shit and just rip into each other and Joel in particular like he's like got these one-liners and this sense of humor and like for someone who produces the show I'm always kind of looking out for talent I think he'd be a very funny guy to hang around for um for twenty four hours on a footy trip, especially he gets he drinks a bottle of wine before he records most weeks, so he's pretty good at handling his alcohol. And um, yeah, yeah, pretty funny there. So Joel Tobin White would be on there. That's a rock. <laughs> um, who else? Sorry, mate, I'm just coughing at the same time here. <clears throat> um, who else is good on the beers? See, Moose is like obviously in that interview you did with him. Like he can't handle his beers because he just started talking rubbish for the whole last <laughs> hour of that podcast. Croak, yeah. He was right with Croaker though. He just yaps the whole time. He gets like, he can't handle his beers either. Like he's a, he's not he's not that good either. Um, uh, Zach and Newman. He works on our show with our marketing kind of stuff, and he's one of our coaches that runs to PB as well and business owners. But Zach is the guy in Melbourne who knows everything and anything about Australian distance running. So he'll always give you the gossip. Um, he know he's kind of the guy that's trained with Motram's group for one week and then he's, he's Matty Hills' trainer partner and then he knows what's going on at Nick Badeau's group. And then, yeah, he's always uh, he'd be good to get on the beers because I reckon he's got some good stories that he'd be able to share. And then Very good. can you remember um, Alan Shields from the Pro Days? The old the old Scottish guy. He was. well, he's not the oldest. Very cop- vague, yeah, yeah, he's very vague. Have- he just he was up here a couple of weeks ago in a Chukar on a holiday, and you run with him, and he's got this like Scottish accent, and he's just he just sings beers all the time. He talks about his craft beers and stuff, and a lot of listeners won't know him, but he's he'd be good to sit down with drinking beers and and taking him away as well. I reckon he could fight too. So if we got in trouble, he'd uh, be kind of Scottish lad. He'd be able to start swinging at people.
0: That's a great answer. You always need a good Scotsman who can yeah, fight yeah, in, yeah. In, in, any group, in any group. Well, t- tell us about the Sticks Brewery while you're on to that, because I've got in front of me a uh, St. Andrew's Six Furlongs Parallel, which one of our local brewers down down the peninsula. Tell us about your Sticks Brewery and how that all came about. It's,
1: it's a, a common kind of thread at the Inside Running Podcast here that um we were just on air i think moose had done another podcast and they whoever interviewed him they had a beer sponsor and then we were giving him shit about how he went on another podcast and and he goes nah they're good they had a beer sponsor and then he kind of said how come we don't have a beer sponsor and then i'm like yeah well how come we don't have a beer sponsor this is bullshit we're the best you know the biggest most downloaded podcast in australia for running and we don't have a beer sponsor and then an email comes through the next day from one of our listeners who owns a brewery the sticks brewery up in newcastle and said hey let's start talking about the uh, finer details about how we can make this work and uh, it's been cool they've actually designed we've got our own beer as well now the Inside Running Pale Ale and a lot of our listeners obviously want to support them because they support the show and yeah they come up with like a running series of of beers they've just released like a Strava IPA just this week actually it hasn't arrived yet and they've got a a, b- a beer called the positive splat, like a reference to the positive split, and that's yeah, it's kind of fun and it's it's just kind of a cool little thing that comes with the podcast and um yeah, and it's funny like how all these brands like we work with a brand most weeks now with a with an advertising kind of component to to get their stuff on the show and it's I think they enjoy that we give um like honest shoe reviews as well like authentic kind of stuff and even the other week, I was kind of complaining that I tried to run with a with our pram and it's not even a running pram so then all of a sudden um zacker who works with our like is he, our marketing guy he kind of puts us in touch with brands and stuff he kind of says hey i've got a there's a running pram getting delivered to your house in a couple of weeks and this is a deal that we need to do with them and yeah we try to mix things up with different brands and and it's important that we're not aligned with one brand because then we can give honest reviews about all different brands and we're not representing like if we were the the nike inside running podcast it wouldn't work because it, no. we're, we're trying to do something different and that's why We've got different um, coaching companies as well that we didn't want Inside Running Podcast to be his also Inside Running Podcast coaching. Or, you know, Moose has got his one, I've got my one, and Brad does a bit of stuff on the side as well. And it's the podcast is just the podcast, and that's all you hear. And then there's other avenues to it as well, um, you know, personally for us. So, yeah, that's how that come about. And, well, you often hear one crack open on here at some stage. And, um, yeah, and they're always like, most of them are like 7 and 8%, so there's, there's, there's moments in the show where you can tell when they're really kicking in and things start to get a bit loose.
0: Yeah, they're definitely a lot stronger than your average count and draft <laughs> yeah. or, or average parlor? but no, that's that's it. I love the way you've done it, and as a producer and a creator, you've done a, a super job. But I, I do love the way you do authentically talk about products and just like you're in everyday conversation. If it, if you, you're very honest, and it's certainly no bullshit, which is the key and more, and why more it resonates you're stuck on a desert island, Brady. Of course, you've got and Hudson. Tell us three things that you just could not do about.
1: Yeah, every time I listen to you ask this question to people, I, I should have been more prepared because it stumps them every single time. Um, so I'd have to take about running shoes and probably probably running kit as well because you wouldn't want to just run around and get bad chafing and things like that because I've, uh, I'm 32 now and started running when I was kind of 15, so I've spent more of my life as a runner than um, not being a runner. So the way I act and the way I communicate and the way my relationships are formed is with Brady who runs every day. I've kind of been lucky not okay. to be injured. So for me to be who I am, I need to run. So I'd take some running gear, uh, some running shoes and some kit. And then I would also take, like, like when? Nah, I'm Probably, really, I've had this conversation with Carly a couple of times. Like, if the house burns down, you're probably grabbing, like, the hard drive of all the photos on there from the last 10 years. And that's about it. Like we're not really materialistic people. I've got some like, okay running books in my collection, but I think I could probably find them on eBay. Like everything else is, as long as I got those Carly and Hudson, um, everything else is replaceable. And yeah, I I don't know. Let's just take a, a sticks brewery inside running pale ale um, yeah. to, to sink that on the, on the beach while we're waiting to be rescued
0: couldn't agree more I love that love it old um, yeah the V similar the hard drivers and photos uh, a pair of runners and a, a slob of inside power yeah done right. you've succincted it perfectly Brad. what about uh, the average day in the life of Brady at the moment uh, I know you're a, you're still a te- you're still teaching so tell us about the average week and then I guess lead that into the future with um, with what you want to be doing in the next five ten years
1: yeah, I made the decision uh at the end of 2018 that I was going to take like a gap year from from school teaching. I was the the deputy principal at a school at a small school. We had 60 students, so I was in the classroom and the deputy principal and um small schools are interesting because you've got the same kind of responsibility as a big school like you need to have the same amount of policies written up you need to go on the same amount of camps um you know you've got all this paperwork which is the same but you have less people to do it so that was pretty draining and pretty stressful and I just got to a stage where I wasn't enjoying it as much as I um as much as I thought I would have like I kind of took the position as deputy principal to to kind of learn the ropes of what it means to be a principal and then my goal was to become a My principal of a primary school and I looked at what my principal does I'd go to principal meetings and see all the other principals and I just look around the room and a lot of people weren't happy and they looked stressed and a lot of people within those rooms were overweight and I just thought that's not what I want to do with my life so I came up with this idea that I wanted to try and make um less money be more happier. So, I took twelve months leave from the job to have this gap year. So I always had that safety net to go back to it if I couldn't pull it off. And then I um, started taking my coaching, my online coaching, more seriously and and build a business with my uh, co-founders Zach Newman and Matt Davy. Run to PB. So. Uh, We coach a a group of people. We've got got 10 staff across the board at the moment as well and and coach people not just in Australia but worldwide over the internet. So put a lot of time into developing that as a business and also developing the podcast so spending more time like editing the audio so it sounds good, spending more time doing interviews, booking guests, um, creating bonus content for Patreon because that's really what funds our show to come out every week. Um, working with people like Sophie Ryan who who comes on occasionally and, and she'll interview and give us connections with female guests because that's something that with three male hosts we were um, aware that we didn't have those connections in the female running world so she's kind of a part of our staff now as well putting Zachar on as I said to, to work with marketing stuff so a lot of my week and then I still do emergency teaching so I'll do two or three days a week where I'll go in and uh, do a casual teaching day I'll get there at 8 30 I'll leave at 3 30 um, I'll make my two or three days of have a pretty decent wage for what I kind of do which keeps me afloat and then the rest of my stuff is is running related and it also means that I can I can run at decent hours myself where I can you know, get out and, and do a workout, maybe. It's still usually pretty early, but it means I can be more present and, and see my little fellow grow up and, and help Carly around the house as well. So, a general week would look like two days, two or three days teaching, um, one day maybe writing programs, and then one day doing podcast production stuff. But, of course, you know what it's like. It doesn't – sometimes you're doing stuff at 8 o'clock at night, but then you're doing nothing at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. It's a very flexible kind of work, uh, a work week and running, you know, 150, 160K in there as well.
0: That's that's very good. So that's spot on because many people unfortunately get it mixed up. And in 2020, I think it's the potential there, especially the last three months, to really – Put life balance up at number one, and um, well, you, you come into this world with nothing and you
1: leave with nothing. So oh, yeah, you, you, and what? You did, want to... Yeah, and sorry to interrupt. But what does everyone want when their when their time's up? Everyone wants time, and we spend out. Yeah. Like I remember sitting there, like these next. Like I'm 32. My next eight years, I'm gonna run my best times. My son's gonna grow from a from a newborn to an eight year old. So it's gonna be the best eight. Well, not they're all gonna be good years with him, but it's gonna be a very special time to to see him walk and see him talk and see him at his first day kinder and school. And like, this is, this is my, you know, bread and butter for the next eight years. Like, this is what I, I don't like, I make half the amount of money now than I used to, but I live life now on my terms and I get to get to train hard. I get to do stuff that interests me. Like we, like this is what we're doing now for an hour and a half. Like this is, this is fun. I get to talk to people about running. I get to interview some of the best runners in Australia and the world. And, Um, I think we get way too caught up in the um, consumerism and the materialistic stuff and I've got mates who have got good houses but then they sell their good houses and buy better houses or they they trade in their their great car for an amazing car and it just means they're going to be working massive hours for a forever to pay for that stuff when they don't get to see the important stuff. And, and I'm ranting on here, mate, but that's when you ask me what's going to happen in the next five years, probably probably more of the same, to be honest. Like I like this lifestyle I've got at the moment and, um, yeah, I'm happy with the way everything's going. That's a
0: perfect answer because you set yourself up now to not only the most important stuff is, is time with the kids and, and being able to experience those moments that uh, and, and just not being miserable every time you wake up and have to go off to a job you hate. I couldn't agree more. Uh, minimalism is king, I, I do agree in that, and it, you know what, it makes better runners as well, so the fact that, you're going to have the time to put in, you, you're one of these athletes that never breaks it seems, so that's a credit to you as well, and if you have another five years of 150k weeks, with specificity thrown in from, the new Bill Baum and uh, Moosey, <laughs> you, you will be, you, you will just be, and I, I don't think, my figures that I, I, I spooked out before, 214 I don't think that's out of anyone's realm, and you probably, hopefully you're thinking faster than that as well, so I didn't want to embarrass you and say two hundred nine, but um, <laughs> you, you definitely have that. I think Bruce said so, two
1: hundred eight, yeah. didn't he? If I get a, I think I think you had to put a beep in there. I, I said to him, "I'm like, did you call me a uh, oh, yeah, see you next Tuesday?" Not. In that conversation, Julian, and then
0: yeah. It's Tommy Senior, right? so Tommy Senior um, does all our stuff and producing because I'm no good as a braids. I know you're a, a man of many talents. Um, I struggled to get on Skype earlier. <laughs> so. um, no, no, Tommy had to beat that out. Um, we do a little casual catch up with Mick Sharkey who's um is the media personality down here and that's just talking all things endurance and, and he has to unfortunately beep Shark all the time. Isn't yeah, he yeah, a, isn't he,
1: isn't he the gambler as well, the hot tips, the horse racing?
0: Sharky, so he's a good mate of mine, so and he's a horse racing uh, media personality, yes. So every couple of months we just get on and shoot the breeze. It's called the catch up, but um and I, I talk about endurance sport for twenty minutes and he just talks shit. But uh, yeah. Uh, Tommy has to beep him a lot, but I think Moosey was at least half a dozen or so deep by the time. But he did. He said, if you've got more ticker, uh, I'm not sure what he wanted. He, I'm not even sure where he was going because you, you are all ticker. But I think he just said he wanted, to get, he wanted you to get angrier. Yeah,
1: you he does. He thinks I'm too nice. And I go too fanboy and stuff, which I, I do. I, I credit to him. I think I he summarized that well. And then when I hear that stuff from him, I'm like, I'll show him. Like, it actually makes me more angrier kind of thing. And he, he'll bring the best out of me as well. And he's got a... He doesn't tell me much before a race, to be honest. Like, he knows I know what to do. And if anything, I think his message to me last last week when we did a 10K on the track was just don't be a pussy. Like, that was it. Like, <laughs> n- nothing, about, nothing about what pace to run, nothing about beat this. And then when I went down and ran um, the Hobart Half Marathon, his advice was... Like win this race, like that's it. So then you you have eighteen k in going shit. Exactly. Who said win it? Like here we go, start start kicking down. So simple is sometimes best for me with with race plans.
0: Simple and clear because like you know everything about there is to know about yourself and your athletic performance. So sometimes all you need is four or five harsh words from a, <laughs> a, someone someone that isn't you. Exactly. That's that, so that that's so good. Well, I like I, I really love the way you finish there, mate, with the. The family and the stuff that's important, and I, I do, I do think happy runners are best runners. Um, yeah, so and do if you're I. enjoying, if, you, if you're enjoying yourself, and you're you're not always physically and mentally tired, um, then the results will come. And continuity uh, definitely um, breeds success. And you've had fifteen years of of brilliant running, and that's a credit to yourself. Um, I do implore the listeners: we'll we'll hook up the links to Inside Running Podcast. It is one of the great shows um, in the podcast world. It's listened to by all listeners all over the world, Europe and the states. So it's a credit to these boys. Any last words, great man?
1: No, nah, thanks having me on, Rick. It's uh, as I said before, doing fun stuff like this and talking running. And I know we've uh, yeah crossed paths a bit over the years. And and thank you for what you do for the sport as well, because. As I said, I created this content because um, nobody else was doing it, and now it's good. Because we—I don't listen to our own show really, but um, I listen to the boys when they do an interview, and that's kind of my kicks. But you give me uh, stuff to listen to as well. Like I enjoy your interviews, and I know recently, like the Troopy stuff, the Mottram stuff, the uh, the Moose stuff. I know it's uh, it's cool that because we're all fighting the same fight, like we're not you know people might go are oh, you getting competitive with these other podcasts like we're not we're just trying to bring the best out of um, each other to promote distance running and we all want the sport to go in the same direction so the more podcasts the more online coaches the more documentary teams all those kind of things that come into the sport the better the sport's going to be and and i think it's good because we're rattling the cage of old school athletics media and we're kind of saying hey that's not good enough we're going to have a go at it ourselves
0: Brady, such a great way to finish. Very well said, as always. The articulate and the hugely intelligent running nerd that is Brady 12 <laughs> I thank you, mate, and um, and I really thank you. We'll do this again sometime, and we'll, we'll have a collaboration episode of some sort.
1: Yeah, but, you need to get Croker on. That's the next one.
0: Well, I'm going to have to complete the trifecta. I'm going to yeah. have to, really. The you know he's quickly. the best
1: talker of us all as well. He's the most yeah. articulate. He can he's he's like private school boy, so he's uh he's had a better education. Like I grew up in the rough area of Bendigo, whereas Croaks is he goes right speaking.
0: He's a really good speaker and he knows his stuff about running. I, I, I won't be able to talk about Canberra Raiders. I'm not much of a league man, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I think Croaks might have to count on next month. But listeners, thanks. You just heard of Brady Thelford he's one of the great men in life. So please follow his journey and follow the inside running podcast as well. Listeners, do something today that's going to make you much, much better tomorrow.